Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm Anne Labar. I'm Lisa Lancer Rose. And this is This Animal Life. story story but this is a story um and it has a lot to do with theory of mind and can animals deceive as well that's more what i'm going to be talking about can they be deceptive? yes i love a good lie yeah you know so uh but yeah theory of mind and you know for listeners who don't know exactly what that is which includes me <laughs> okay it's it's being able to imagine that someone else can think like you do and what their thoughts probably are okay uh, that's what i thought theory of mind was but like the ability to to think another creature yes even. yeah is having his or her own thoughts. Right. And trying to deduct sort of what they might be. Chair squeaky there. Okay. I'm sitting still now. But yeah. Um, and to imagine what their thoughts are. You, you do need that to lie, to fool them. You have to think, I'm going to do this and they'll think that. Right. You do need that. And I can do my own thing over here. You know? So it's like if, if someone is looking at you and you know they're trying to figure out what you're thinking kind of thing um but yeah just being aware of other minds and being able to imagine what the thoughts are and to behave accordingly to maximize your own self-interest right it's a very social yeah it's a very social um tool i guess but we talk about it with children too and children's development like when they figure that out Mm, when, okay. they, when they develop a theory of mind, because it's not there right away. Um, like that classic uh, where the child has cake all over their face and they're like, I, I didn't eat the cake. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They can't imagine what you're what you're seeing. Right. Right. Then. Right. And yeah. And that at, at some point, too, I, I believe that, you know, very small children don't see their parents as a separate being mm. like you're all part of the same um which is kind of interesting but and we, i wonder if there's, animals are like that sometimes sure uh, there's a little bit of theory of mind in that um i i remember this from when i was a kid where i would say i didn't eat the cake and they would say you're going to your room you know <laughs> of course you did and um and i think but all the only information they have is what I just gave them. Ah, yeah. So that's a limited theory. Yeah, it's a limited theory of mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else? How how could they possibly know? Right. When I only, as far as I know, they only know this much. Right. You know, I've seen adults do that. Like uh, I, I had a, you know, a friend, uh, cheating. You know, when, when people are cheating on their, on oh, their spouse yeah. and they're trying to control the information that the spouse has and the yeah. spouse suspects them and they get angry 
and say, and they're, and they're rehearsing like all the things they think the spouse knows. How can they, how can they be, how can they suspect me? Right. That's so wrong. That's so unfair, you know, um, that they think I'm a cheat. <laughs> and uh, they don't know, you know, and they're forgetting, I don't know, body language. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of that. The subtle tells. Right. Yeah. Yes. Which dogs have. Yes. When they know they've done something wrong. I mean, we're supposing it, but they kind of go, oh, <laughs> the tail goes between yes. the legs and the head goes down. They know. <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> I, it's like somebody pooped in the house. I don't have to smell it. Nope. <laughs> you know? All you can do is oh, look at I, them. <laughs> yeah. The, the dogs are like, oh, they're, they're going to know. I'm, I'm going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just knocked the garbage over and here they are. <laughs> Yep. And they give themselves away. Yes. That's fun, Anne. I love this stuff. I do too. I love I love the reactions. It's it's just the best. <laughs> it is. Well, my story has to do with an orangutan and they do get experts involved and it's quite quite interesting what they can't prove, um, but what their gut feelings say. Okay, again with the gut feelings. Yeah. Um, but we're talking a primate now, so it's a little easier to attribute like a higher level of intelligence, I guess. A more abstract thinking, you know, maybe they can do that, you know. Yes. Um, but one particular um, orangutan is Fu Manchu. And he lived... From 1965 to 1983. How um, did I never hear of him? Part of it, he lived in the Nebra uh, Nebraska Zoo in Omaha. It was the Henry Dorley Zoo. He okay. wasn't there the whole time, but he was there for, for quite some time. And um, the guy who was, I got most of this from a radio lab. Because um, most articles just say, wow, he was really cool. And this is when he died. And he had yeah. 300 grandchildren or whatever. Um, <laughs> so the guy that the radio lab people interview was the, um, his name was Jerry. He was in charge of the zookeepers. He was like the manager. And he said that one day some staff came running in. They're like the orangutans are up in the trees by the, by the elephant building. What? We don't know how they got out. Um, so, you know, cause there's a moat, like if you've been to the zoo, you know, like the lions will be here and then there's this big, deep concrete moat to keep you right. away from the lions and there's no water in it, but it's just a big concrete. Okay. Moat. Um, so there's at the bottom of this moat, there was a big metal door that led to the furnace room and it was open. So they're like, uh -huh. oh that's how he did it but the door's always locked so you know everybody's getting in trouble like well somebody left the door open somebody's gonna get fired you know right um so the everybody was like oh we'll double check it'll never happen again it'll never happen again um and it didn't okay. for about a week oh <laughs> <laughs> And they were back up in the trees and it would be Fu Manchu and like his, his, his lady and a couple elderly girls and this young teenager orangutan and they'd be up top of the elm trees. Um, oh, I love them so much. Oh, I know. So funny. And so they just 
knew that he was, they caught him at one point messing with the door. Oh, okay. So, but they didn't see him opening. He was just messing with the door. Um, he got, somehow got down there. Um, oh, no, he did get it open. They saw him playing with the door and he got uh-huh. it open. Okay. And so they were able to catch him in time before he got out. <laughs> and it's interesting, the the zookeeper guy, the manager, Jerry, talks about like at the time he didn't even think about like he'd climb up the tree and like take him by the hand and lead him back and he said you know he never even thought about it and he goes I got bit once in a while but you know whatever (laughs) it's like okay (laughs) so you know they would take Fu Banchu by the hand and go okay pal come on we gotta go um so uh but they didn't know how he did it he got the door open so they there were some sticks around you know even back in the 60s i think they knew that primates use tools you know certainly sticks to get ants out of a log or whatever um so they would clean the area every day so that there would be nothing that he could possibly use as a tool and why they thought he was picking the lock with they didn't know they just well you know he's obviously doing something so is there anything that he could use to maybe get the door open okay um so one day they were working with the orangutans you know probably cleaning up or whatever um and jerry saw a glint of light in fu manchu's mouth you know kind of like a, you know like a filling with glint um so he went over and this is jerry the one who's pulling him around by the hand went over and he pulled Fu Manchu's Manchu's lip down he pulled Fu Manchu's lip down and there was a piece of wire that Fu Manchu had curved into a horseshoe shape so that he could hide it in his lip and it wrapped around his gum wow it was shiny it had obviously been used a lot um he'd had it for a while so what he did they actually they watched him like he said they went commando style like as one of his employees was like come on, come on, come on, come on. and they like crawled over the berm and they're like peeking down to see him and um he would take the wire and he'd slide it in between the door and the frame wrap it around the little hook he would wrap the hook around the latch and he would then lift it and open up the door. Wow. And hide it again, put it in his mouth. Wow. Nobody taught him. He'd never seen anybody do anything like that. I mean, it's like the credit card trick in the movies, you know? It's like more. It's some spy shit. And he hid it. Yes. That's the thing in his mouth. Because he knew they were going to take it away. <laughs> you, yes. know, you have to say they knew that he would, you know, he had died. But it. even the mechanics of. Yeah, crafting the device and then using yes. the device. And how did he, how did he make that? Con- yeah, that connection. So when he got the door, what they would do, they figured it out. He would get the door open with this, hide his little tool again. They <laughs> would, they would walk. They get it was a furnace room, so they walked to the furnace room. There was a ladder that actually led up to a janitor's closet. So they would go up the ladder, go through the janitor's closet. They'd be in the lobby of this building. They'd just push the glass doors open. They were out. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, so, you know, the, the serious question at the heart of that is deception. Yes. And if you're going to deceive someone, you have to be able to get into the mind 
of the one you're going to deceive. Like saying that he, Fu Manchu could do this, he'd be like, okay, I got to hide this because they'll take it away from me. Yes. Um, and I don't want them to know how I'm doing. And Which he'd learned. It's either happened to him or he's seen it happen to others. Oh, he's had stuff taken away, I'm sure. You know, like that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And he would only do it when the keepers weren't usually there. Right. So they wouldn't see him. So he had down to hiding his tool, timing his escapes. Um, but there's no scientific proof that animals can deceive. They can't prove it one way or the other. Hmm. Um, and I, the zookeeper guy, Jerry, said, you know, you think you're so smart and that animal, all animals are less intelligent. And then there's this guy. And he yeah. goes, I know people who can't open a door with a key. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I mean, the whole story reminds me of like Escape from Alcatraz or something. It's planned. Yes. It's whole, you know, the radio lab guys talked to a primatologist, oh. Rob Shoemaker, who is at the Great Ape Trust in Iowa. And he says, and he studies the behavior and cognition of orangutans. Oh. And he said him picking the lock doesn't prove this theory of deception. Okay. Um, now, they know he's planning and using tools. and <laughs> But he was hiding the tool, too. Right. But that doesn't prove it. <sighs> you know, maybe he liked the taste of it. Maybe, you know, like you could come up with all kinds of stuff. What? I don't know. Okay. So primatologist Rob Shoemaker. Yes. And he's saying that. You know, just that that he had the Fu Manchu had hidden it doesn't prove that there's deception involved. Um, because you know, who knows? Maybe he liked the feel of it. Maybe like taste. I mean, you can come up with other explanations. So it doesn't really prove it. Um, no, but there's the Occam's razor thing. Exactly, there is that. Um, so they asked me, said, you know. Yeah, but what do you believe? Like, what do you think? If you had to, if, you know, not as a scientist kind of thing. That's a great question. And he said, deep down, he has no doubt that it was deception. Hiding tools, timing escapes, no one could catch him or see him. But there's no scientific proof. But he's he's convinced. He said, all you have to do is look them in the eye. And they're watching you. Yes, they're watching you. Um. Yeah, there's, there's uh, obviously, I mean, it's a higher ape. We all know that orangutans especially are really smart, really brilliant. Other really smart, really brilliant creatures have done likewise. Mm -hmm. I I mean, maybe not with um, escaping, but with hiding food, for example. Yeah, well, that's it. It says orangutans are known for being extremely intelligent and for using simple tools for various tasks. Um, Oh, and... uh, a great note. Well, one of the articles was just like, you know, they had moved him to another zoo or whatever. And it's although his lock picking days were over, Fu remained a happy, friendly guy who went on to have 20 children and 15 grandchildren and great grandchildren. Um, and he was transferred to the Gladys Porter Zoo in Brownsville, Texas in 1983. And he lived there. He lived. He passed away in 1992. He lived a really oh. long time. Mm-hmm. Um when he was still in uh, Omaha, uh, the, uh, let me see, let me find it here. Oh, here it is. Um, 
the American Association of Locksmiths heard about this and they made him an honorary member. Um, so he had membership in the American Association of Locksmiths. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Got a certificate and everything. They hung it up at the zoo. You know. Yes, yes. But, you know, just there's so that story is so complicated on so many different levels. The fact that he shaped the tool. That alone is huge. But he shaped the tool in order to hide it. Yes. I mean, it, was, it was shaped for two purposes. Yes. One was to pull the latch and the other was to hide it in his lip. Right. And, and to hook it into his, yeah, so it wouldn't move around and he'd lose it. It would be hooked to the back of his gun. He also fashioned yes. it unseen. And where to get it? And he <laughs> put it in his lip and, and removed it unseen for at least until they saw him. So somebody had to drop it. And he had to say, hey, I can use that. Hey. <laughs> I've been studying that lock. I'm, I'm just what I need. Yeah. Um, and how did he figure that out? Because if he only saw it from the outside, he didn't know there was a latch that he would have to. I was wondering about that. I'm trying to picture it. You know, other than just like, you know, just like a person, you mess with it until it works. You know, we don't know how long he was trying to get that door open. <laughs> he was a high drive orangutan. Yeah. He yeah. Really, see, actually, the whole time you were telling the story, um, I was joyful every time they were out and they were in the tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. There with his girl and his buddies and, you know, <laughs> and, and they're up in the tree where they're happy. And yeah. it made me wonder what their enclosure was like. It was obviously true. lacking something i mean it might just be lacking novelty i was just gonna say it's just the same old trees same old day you, know? <laughs> you gotta get out orange to eat you know it's just yeah gotta go somewhere um i was thinking too about stories i've read about say crows or squirrels oh, yeah oh squirrels too yeah yeah who who are like the other squirrels or the other crows are watching and you're like, I, I'm, I'm hiding some oh, nuts right, over right, here right. and they'll have like a fake hide. Right. And then over here is the real stash. Speaking of theory of mind, I sat and watched. Um, we were in Africa. We were climbing Kilimanjaro. We were in camps. There were camps all over the place. And, you know, we were, I don't know how far up we were, but it wasn't the summit. It, it was one of the camps. And um, they have ravens there. Um, and they kind of have, I'm trying to remember, they kind of like have a magpie coloring. They have a white on their okay. wings. Um, but there were two. And there was like a bag, like some trash. There was a bag of like Doritos. Um, and it was open and somebody had tossed it. And there was a raven a little not very far away it was on the same rock basically but he was looking over in the other direction and his other raven came up and he'd look at the the raven on the end of the rock he wasn't looking he'd take a step closer he'd watch him he's not moving take a step closer <laughs> so he's sneaking up behind him watching him the whole time because and he's heading toward that bag <laughs> in order to hide like stealth requires a theory of mind. 
because you're trying to avoid another creature noticing and reacting to your behavior. Right. But as a survival skill or even as a hunting skill, Mm -hmm. they would argue, I think scientists and behavioralists and everybody would argue that that's hardwired. Oh, can you? Here's the thing about hardwiring. (laughs) In my little world. Instincts. Yeah. I I grew up, I think we were taught this, that birds have an instinct for building a nest. Okay, sure. And then I had a flock of finches that I kept in an aviary. You know, they had lots of room and I put little trees in there and they had little nesting shelves and nesting boxes and stuff. And I would give them the materials they needed to build the nest. And they did build a nest, the the adult finches I had. And then they had young and now what am I going to do? I have even more birds. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I need a bigger aviary, you know. Um, But anyway, um, I saw the little fledglings learn to fly and learn to find their place in the, in the flock. Right. And then they mated, you know, they, Mm -hmm. um, they chose a mate, I should say. um, And they began their own nest building. And to my astonishment, they had no idea how to build a nest. Really? Yeah. Um, There was a great deal of trial and error, which was very charming to watch if you you know, had the patience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they would pick stuff up. They would t- try it in their mouth. They would uh, manipulate it with their, and this is, these are tiny finches. Like oh, they're yeah. like smaller than my thumb, you know, and they're, um, they're, they're chewing on it. They're picking it up and dropping it, picking it up and dropping it, bring it here, bring it there. Um, trying to fly with it. Um, yeah. And then they would put it down and, and they would make a really shitty nest. <laughs> <laughs> and we try again, you know, and I just remember thinking, how come you're not automatically good at this? How come yeah. there's so much trial and error here? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. And it didn't occur to me at the time. Um, were, they must have also been watching other birds. Yes. And how they did. Yes. And I'm sure that that's part of it. Um, but that's a good point. I mean, I think that that's a, that's a hard line to draw. Yeah. Um, even for us, because... <clears throat> we have instincts as well. Um, there's a yes. lot of times we act before we even know we're acting. Um, um, but is that a reflex? Like, what's well, the, is we, that? We I mean, it's a reflex, sure. sure. But it's um, it's a protective move. Snake, fire, something falling. You have an instinct to for language. Yes. Because we will create a language if That's we're not right. taught one. That's right. So there is, you know, there is that. Um, so that's an instinct. Oh, and did you say fear of snakes? Yeah, fear of snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, Carl was jogging and there was a very large copperhead that he sort of leapt over. Um, wow. But his text said something about there were a lot of sticks out. And I thought that he meant... They weren't snakes, they were sticks, but he was just generalizing, um, saying there were a lot of snakes out. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of sticks, they were snakes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That is a really because you know, we had a we had a bird, we had a cockatiel, and she would lay an egg and protect it. Um, and we'd have to go in there and get it because it wasn't fertilized, it was just an egg. Um 
And the minute that that stimulus of that egg was gone, mm-hmm. she's back to normal. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I wonder, in theory of mind, we have, um, we have a bias. Oh, certainly. Oh, we you know, ha- yes. <laughs> obviously, we've wanted to think. We've talked about this before, yeah. you and I, on this show. But we're, we, we have a bias that we against granting certain uh, levels of intellect to other creatures. Right. So in saying that's an instinct or that's a reflex in them. Yes. You know, that, that's something we're checking. Not just you and me. I mean, oh, the, yeah. You know, the entire community right. is, is checking for that now yes yeah so on the one hand we're going to grant occult powers right (laughs) because that's other it's not dog it's it's other it's obviously not the dog doing it it's some outside force also um when he was he was jim the wonderful dog before he developed his um supernatural powers um but he was an aberration. Yes. Like you can afford to grant okay, um, right. superpowers to this dog, or not superpowers, but extraordinary intelligence to right. this dog because clearly uh, he's an aberration right? because of his physical appearance. Just like I suppose uh, we would um, attribute supernatural powers or extraordinary intel- intelligence to people with cataracts. Um, oh, yeah. You know, or uh, epilepsy. Yep. I had a friend who was um, very bipolar to the point of psychosis at times. And um, she was, you know, taking her medicine and and doing what she was supposed to be doing. But she admitted to me that she was hearing music. Um, And I said, well, is it pleasant? And she said, actually, no, it's kind of creepy. I said, okay, you might want to tell somebody. I said, but, you know, in the village you would have been hearing the angels sing, you know, it's, <laughs> you would have yes. been the prophet. You would have, you know, <laughs> it's kind of how you frame it. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Would have been the wise woman, not the psychotic, you know? <laughs> yeah. So much depends upon um, who's looking at you. Yes. Yeah. And how they frame it, you know, the, the, the thing about Jim the Wonder Dog and Clever Hans um, is how people talked about them. Yes. The story we told. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the case of Fu Manchu, is, is the story, is it complete? Yeah. Or are we still um, deciding? I think, well, you know, the fact that this was, they recently spoke to the primatologist they're still trying to prove that animals can deceive. And I know I've heard other stories of probably chimps, you know, but even that example of the raven. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've heard it about birds. So interesting. I have not, uh, in, I cannot remember, I should say, um, coming across dogs deceiving. I'm sure there are stories of dogs deceiving. I would love to hear stories of oh, dogs we'll have to go looking. deceiving. Oh, if anybody yes. has one. Yes. Please email. If your yeah. dog has his. Yeah, we're always talking about, are there our best friends? They're the only ones you can trust. Well, 
is that really the true <laughs> you know and if they're stealing your wallet like i had a <laughs> a boston who would well actually the border collie would get stuff off the counter because he was a puppy and it was just he could reach so it was just a matter of like there's something up there i'll get it um and then the boston would take it and hide it in her crate so we found keys we found a wallet in there we found... <laughs> like a magpie yeah um it's not i mean dogs steal food right exactly right but um as anybody with a counter server knows you know or that dog i used to have that would uh pip would, would uh, when nobody was looking would unzip uh, the children's backpacks yes and and take their their oh, little their um, ziplock yeah they take their snacks out of their backpacks and then leave the scene of the crime you know um that's different. Like, yeah, it is different. I guess we're we're looking for um, modification of the environment so it looks like they weren't there. What am I saying? I don't know. You know, uh, you know are they lying? Yeah, <laughs> not stealing because animals steal. A lot of Which animals is form, steal. Uh, that involves theory of mind too. I would think it would have to because you want um, you know that they'll see you and they'll react a certain way, right? Hmm. We need to look more into this. We do. We definitely, definitely do. do. And I think we might be running out of time here. We are. Um, so, yeah. If your pet lies to you, let us know. Email us. <laughs> at this animal life. Or if you've seen any animal lie. Yeah. Deceive. Yeah. Yes. Or other examples of theory of mind where the, the animal clearly in its behavior uh, shows that it's making assumptions about about you i never get tired of those stories you know me too <laughs> any form of deception I, that would be really interesting i bet birds do it you don't trust them yeah yeah i don't trust birds <laughs> <laughs> good I love Fu Manchu. We'll have pictures of Fu Manchu. Please give us four and five star reviews as often as you can. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, follow our Facebook and our Instagram because we cannot survive without you. These quantifiable statistics are our digital lifeblood. You guys, you got to go to our website right smack now because we are proud to introduce Sarah K. Martin as our new graphic artist. She's got illustrations for every episode inspired by the episode, and they are adorable and funny and just overall wonderful. We are so delighted. Excellent. good we're good it's a wrap